Welcome to the RMMTV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We are into the supernatural. We believe that the supernatural is the way that you're to walk, the way you're to live. I'm Dr. Marina McLean, and I know that this is a time to walk naturally in the supernatural, grasping all the facets and infrastructure that keeps your mind tuned to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Come and find out how to walk in the supernatural by becoming a subscriber to RMMTV now. Thank you right now for those that are joining us here live at the Infinity Center. We give you all the glory, Father, because we know you are right where we are. Whatever time zone we are in, we are reflecting your glory and we are reflecting the presence that is deposited right here and right now. So, Lord, Just open our hearts to receive from you. Just open our minds to be renewed by you. This fresh revelation that's challenging us about the counterpart, being in the same position, reflecting and responding in the same manner, in the same place, with the same authority. We give you all the praise, Father, that as you draw us in, you enlighten us, you enlarge us. But most importantly, Father, right here and right now, you are totally refreshing reviving, rejuvenating, and Lord, putting a fresh expression of yourself in us to move into this new season of operating in and through you. It is a pleasure to say Happy New Year. We're still in the season of January where we're wishing each other Happy New Year. And I'm just so grateful for the revelation that is in our mouth for you in this season, the counterpart being equal with, resounding and moving in full function and unity with God. And my assignment tonight is the counterpart in the realm of worship. And let me remind you the definition of counterpart that I love. It is a person or thing that has the same position or purpose as another person or thing in a different place or organization. Where was worship first created? It was created in the heavens. And God likes to declare, as you know, you've heard us say it so many times, he declares the end at the beginning. And how do we learn about worship in the heavens, that true movement and response and reaction? We learn from it from John in the book of Revelation. At the end of the book, we learn what was happening before the book began. Oh, that is amazing. That is a revolutionary thought to get us in the process of really understanding our position and our identity in worship, our response to be in the same position at the same time. Because, you know, heaven, eternity, future, and eternity past is still worshiping with us while we're here in time reflecting the eternal things. Oh, that's a, that's a rhema in itself. But let's start with this scripture to give you the full uh, value and the full imagination and the full revelation of what is taking place and what is still 
in motion today. Go with me to Revelations 4, verse 9 to 10. I'm giving it to you in a concise way because this is so impactful. And I've taught on worship in so many different facets, in so many different ways. But to speak to you like this, as worship being a counterpart, and we are that counterpart here on earth, still in movement, in motion, in reaction, in reflection to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and revealing. So Revelations 4, verse 9 to 10. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you know what they were saying, holy. One language is holy. One vocabulary is holy. Another vocabulary is blessings, glory, and honor. Another vocabulary is worthy is the lamb. You've heard us teaching this. You've seen this, practice this in our worship. But that was eternity before time was created, before man was created. And when we talk about counterpart in this moment, in the freshness of this revelation, you have to understand that worship is a act of fellowship with God. It is the same activity taking place on the earth as it is happening in the heavens. I like that fresh visual today as it is taking place in the heavens. The elders responded to the four and the, to the four beasts. You know, that is a whole teaching in itself and I didn't want to read it because I didn't want to go into that distraction and move into that. I want to stay in this realm of the counterpart that you understand. You are walking, you are responding Everything, David said, that hath breath, give thanks unto the Lord. Everything that moves, every creature knows how to respond to the presence of the living God. And here in the book of Revelations, we understand that each one, each creative being in the heavens had their own vocabulary about how to express their revelation or their seeing of God, their movement of God. Each one had their expression to bring before him. But you can't substitute worship like that if you don't have fellowship and you don't have intimacy. You can't reflect the revelation of who he is if you don't know him, if you haven't had fellowship with him. You understand in the book of Genesis chapter 1 that he made man in his image and after his likeness. There was fellowship that took place, not just in the making of him, but in the responding of God talking to man. And that was the reflection of not just heaven on earth, but now it's a different counterpart being made. It's not the counterpart of the angels and the beast. It's the counterpart of himself, the likeness of himself, the reacting of himself with himself. And as you get a hold of that, you understand that relationship in worship and the revelation of who he is to you in worship is so important. It is the primary factor 
of the knowledge and responding of him. You like that? It's the primary factor of being in the full communication, the full communion, one with him in this realm of worship. Let me explain it even more to you. Go with me right now to Psalms 8, verse 3 and 5. Oh, we're talking about relationship and identity. You cannot substitute that realm of expression with anything else. What does it say? When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Ugh, man is in constant walking with God. And David asks this as a worshiper, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. You have got to be in relationship with your counterpart. Come on, somebody. You have got to be in an interactive motion with your counterpart. Who is God's counterpart right here in this in our worship experience? You. And when you are battling with who you are and what you are, identity is solidified because you understand he comes to visit himself. Just like he did in the garden when you're struggling with why and who am I and what's my purpose. Get into that communication with God where you tell him who he is and you remind him of who he is to you and then he tells you who you are. You know, I, I didn't put the scripture in, but I love what verse 5 says. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. My friend, what the angels say about God, he is glory, he is honor. That's how man got his identity in understanding, in confession. Oh, come on. In saying it out loud, you've crowned me with glory and honor. You are the glory and the honor, but you have crowned me with counterpart. When you understand the fullness and it is an ever revealing process, it is an ever intimate draw into who he is. It is an intimate call into the resource of value that comes from being in the presence of God. Go with me right now to Psalms 29 and verse 2. When you know that you're crowned with glory and honor, what can you do? You can give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. You can worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. You know, there, this is a song that we've sang many, many years ago. But here, I want you to understand when I read it today, we teach here at IMM for a long time. We haven't taught it recently in our teachings on the glory. There is a glory that comes upon that comes from above there's a glory that rises from within and you can't give God what you don't know you have oh give unto him the glory due unto his name and you know that glory that's due unto his name because you're walking in a 
the best way to say it, you're walking in a percentage of it. What's another way to say that? You're walking in a measure of his glory. And to add to that measure, you've got to give him out of yourself the revelation of the glory that is due unto him. Every single one of us have a revelation of the glory of God. Every single one of us have an understanding of what glory is. It is the manifested presence. We call it the now presence of God. Out of that now presence is an administration that comes that is different to yesterday. It is different to this morning. It is different to this hour. It is different to tonight. Whatever time zone you're watching us in, this present glory was different to the glory of the infinity center last week. It's different to the uh, to the recordings that we've done that you've watched throughout the week and the week prior. There is, we believe it, we respond to it, a present glory that draws us into the who he is and who he says we are. There is that knowledge and understanding that as you worship him, let's talk about holiness for a minute. We know what the word holy means. It means to be cut and separated. It means to stand apart. It means to stand out. It means to be the creme de la creme. I was with friends recently, you can tell, right? It means the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop. It means the richness of the goodness of the Lord our God. There is a separation. There is an identity in the separation. Oh, hallelujah. I like that. There is an identity. There is a standing out when you are cut and separated. What is the state of man when he is out of the influence, out of the receptive presence of God, out of the fullness and measure of his being? You feel uh, the anguish of being closed off from God. You feel the desperation of not knowing if he hears you. You feel the weakness and the feeling of uh, abandonment when you, when you know that you are away from the presence of God. Each one of us have been through that dark place. As David said, yea, though I walk through. I didn't make a camp. I didn't sit down and get comfortable. I walk through. For some of us, that process of walking through is not in a day. It's not in an hour. It is a process. It is a step each day of moving forward, progressively moving towards the goodness of God. And when I think of the goodness of God, uh, it makes me want to say hallelujah, right? But there is a time where we know that there is a desperate cry from, in our, from, our, from our innermost being. Go with me to Psalms 30, verse 2 and verse 3. David knows how to make it so clear about the, that cry from the depth of our being. What does he say? Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go to the pit. 
I should not go in the grave of death, be buried in the grave of death. What are you walking through, my friend, that you feel like I can't worship God? For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.